Hello, Internet, and welcome to Steam Cleaners, uh, part of the Rough Drafts Podcast Network. I am your host, Chase Wassenaar, and each week, my lovely co-host and I play video games, mostly different games, but sometimes the same game. Ooh, we getting fancy this time around. And when I say we, I am referring to uh, the lovely Walter Ciades Fedchuk. Walter, how you doing, man? Uh, I am doing very well, and I am very excited for us to, for at least the next few weeks, uh, next few episodes, uh, kind of turn this uh, podcast upside down with the uh, with the, the the thesis behind it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and I, I appreciate uh, those of you who don't listen to Final Cut. Uh, you may or may not be aware that we took that week delay uh, because. I got the COVIDs over at KCON. Uh, it's a bummer, but I'm better now? Mostly. Good enough for us to do a podcast. And so we're going to get to talk about a game that uh, I've been very excited for ever since, Walter, you initially teased this one uh, on the show during your demo dive uh, a few weeks back. Uh, we are talking about Penny Larceny Gig Economy Supervillain. And I have to say, Walter, I was not expecting when you did that demo dive um, a few weeks back for you to find a visual novel that you uh, had some some significant interest in. Because and, and please correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think of you as a visual novel guy. I'm, I'm not. I'm definitely not. And I and I know we've played, you know, you got me to play Monster Prom and Max Gentleman. And like, I guess they're kind of like visual novelist like esque, but I, I don't think they're true visual novels. You you are more of the visual novel experts. So you can tell me if I'm off base there. Um, but no, it, it was truly the the plot, right? It was the synopsis of it. It, you know, that you are this character, Penny Larceny, and you're barely scraping by, and you have to resort to using this app, right, called Crimer, that's a gig economy service app, to basically, like, make your mark and, and make your money and all these types of things. And just, and that was what drew me in. And then playing the demo, it was the characters, right? It was the, the Penny Larceny herself, it was her sidekick, it was the uh, the villains that we interacted with that are hiring you. And it, it was very interesting. I was like, hell yeah. Like this, this is worth me spending time with a medium that I don't have very much experience with. And I think ultimately is what I have been trying to use steam cleaners for is to play things I might not normally play and to sort of expand my horizons. Now, like, don't get me wrong at some point, Buddy, we're going to talk about Baldur's Gate 3. At some point, we're going to talk about Starfield. Like, we'll get back into, like, the AAA. Walter kind of is going to play 70 hours of a game, and I'm going to tease it for, like, three months, and I'll finally talk about it type thing. But mm -hmm. I really, really wanted to give this a shot, and I knew you really were going to want to give it a shot. So I was like, fuck yeah, let me play the whole thing, right? Let me play the whole thing the same time Chase does, and let's sit down and let's talk about this game what we like about it what we didn't like about it and i know i used the word thesis earlier because i couldn't think of a different word but there is a thesis for the next two episodes this one and the next one and it's a thesis about can walter enjoy visual novels as a genre are they able to catch him and i think if any visual novels were going to catch me, it was going to be this one, and it was going to be the one that we are talking about next uh, episode in two weeks. But let's start here. Let, let's start, now that I've kind of bared my soul about why I wanted to play this game, let, let's, you know, let's start with the game. Let's start with the game. And, and I want to start just because, you know, let's say for the sake of the argument that not everyone in the audience has played a visual novel before. Maybe they're not familiar with that side of the gaming ecosystem. Can you give me kind of, walk me through your initial experience, you know, getting set up with our Penny Larceny fake identity and going through this kind of introductory heist in order to get onto the Crimer app. What were you thinking and, and, and 
what was your experience with this adjustment into a relatively new genre for you? So I have, I've always, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I've always kind of like looked down at visual novels, right? And, and I guess it's weird because like I enjoy walking simulators, right? I have been known to enjoy uh, the beginner's guide or uh, the Stanley Parabola or Firewatch, right? Games that essentially are just you're walking around in a, a map or multiple maps and you're going from point a to point b and maybe in between you are picking up an item or you're searching for an item or, or whatever right and mm -hmm. i think for me visual novels i haven't looked at them that way i've looked at them i have a kindle in front of me and i'm just going to be clicking next page and maybe every once in a while i'll get to quote unquote choose my own adventure because it's easier to make a choose your own adventure book in a digital medium where you could have you know however many gigabytes or megabytes of space you wanted to take up versus a book where like you have to be able to carry it like you can't make a 10,000 page choose your own adventure novel in one book right that's just that's just not feasible but you could do that in a digital medium and I think part of why I sort of strayed away from visual novels is like, I don't like like point and click adventure games either. Right. I'm not a, a you know, monkey Island type person like that. Not, that doesn't, I'm not into that. Like, I don't want to play that. That's not engaging enough for me and my little lizard brain to be like, I am playing a video game. I am being entertained, which is why with this game, it was so much about the setting right? And the plot and the characters and, and what I got out of that little like hour long demo made me go cool. I actually want to know what this entire thing is about. And the first heist was enough. And the first heist, the, the tutorial heist wasn't in the demo. The demo was, um, you got to go through the, the dating, the, the speed dating round and get introduced to all the supervillains. And then you got to do one mission. And it was the monument mission, right? It was stealing the the, the monument from the uh, museum. That was the one mission you had to play in the demo. And between that and between this tutorial of being like, "Yep, you're gonna you're gonna click through some of these, you know, speaking options," and the first time you go through, you're gonna read them all because you are invested in the story, and you are going to get some input in how you interact with the other characters, with the supervillains, right? With any heroes you come across, with your cat, with the voice that's inside your head, which is you, the player, right? Penny Larceny is actually a character, and then there's another character that's a voice inside of her head that is who you are behind the keyboard and and, uh, and monitor. Um, and I think it did enough, right? I had enough of the, like, choose-your-own-adventure stuff where I felt like I was having some input in things, but like the wildest part about this is that there's no way to fail these missions, right? There's no way to actually fail the heist. Um, it really reminds me of uh, playing something like Blades in the Dark, right? Where there are these sort of like degrees of success to thing, but they took away the failure, right? You can still succeed in your objective, but like with this monument mission, and I, I don't really think I'm spoiling too much, you steal the monument by shrinking it. And if you like perfectly pass the entire mission, you get the statue as a little, you know, like a little action figure size thing, and you get the shrink ray, right? But failing the mission, quote unquote, you still accomplish what you were trying to do, which is stealing the monument. You still have the little action figure of it, but the, the shrink ray like explodes because you didn't know how to deactivate it or you didn't figure out how to deactivate it or like any of these things, which is a level of railroading that I thought I was going to be extremely, extremely frustrated as the game went on, but ended up being a, a feature, not a bug. Mm -hmm. It really does allow you to engage with it exactly as much as you want to, right? Like, knowing that every mission can be solved no matter what you do. And, and the game tells you, right? Like, you know, go for five stars if you can because you will be graded on it. But outside of this arbitrary number at the end like it, it doesn't really have an effect right it'll change some voice lines it'll change some or I, I say voice lines there isn't any voice acting in this game but uh it'll change some dialogue options but ultimately you will be able to complete the mission no matter what because this is a game that you're meant to be along for the ride you're meant to enjoy the characters in the in these moments um guess what i five starred every mission anyway um because i can it when you tell me that i can five star something 
then I will absolutely go back and play through a mission multiple times without a guide in order to get the exact answers that I need, right? Like I, I saved at the start of every mission and I would play through once doing the best that I can. I would remember which options eventually led me to a dialogue choice that would allow me to get a point. And then I would go back and I would pick those and try to figure out which of the options I did not pick ended up leading to uh, the points that I needed. And I got five stars on everything. I didn't have to. It didn't change my core experience, but it did feel satisfying that there was a puzzle that you could solve. And if you really thought about it, if you were clever about, you know, some of the environmental clues that you were given and you did things in a way that made sense, um, you were able to pull this off. Um, the warehouse one where you, you, um, you know, take down, um, you know, you can, you kind of help in a, a worker, um, protest movement, uh, in order to uh, steal some some illegal tech that's being uh, distributed in the warehouse is like the perfect example of that. If you figure out that, hey, maybe I should take out the supervisor first, then you'll get a lot of clues about like where people are hanging out and the protests that's happening. And you can start thinking like, well, where are employees going to be? Because I need to win over as many of them as possible. Um, and the game actually gives you like multiple routes to five stars. It's, uh, you know, there are some missions in which there is more than one way to get a perfect quote unquote heist. Um, but ultimately I cared about that because I wanted to care about it because I thought it was cool to see all the different options that were available and to play around with things and, and see how my choices would affect stuff, um, which was easy to do because the interface for this game is super clean. Um, it's really easy to skip text that you have already seen to get to the next thing, and it's very easy to go back and pick a different option if you realize that you don't like where your initial option led. Um, did you find yourself making use of some of that utility? Because I, I do think that it is one of the advantages of visual novels that maybe the uh, a, a not veteran uh, might not immediately jump to. Once I figured out the skip was there, absolutely. Like, the only <laughs> reason this game is 100% you know, based on achievements is because I could skip. Like, I straight up will admit mm -hmm. that. I probably would not have 100% of the game uh, if, I didn't, uh, if I didn't have that skip thing. Although, I will say it's kind of hard to, like, not beat, like, beat, beat the game without 100%ing it. It's pretty difficult to accomplish that based on the achievements, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. but it did help. Like it helped me. It helped the fact that I could skip the tutorial. It helped the fact that I could like skip the speed dating round and I could get just right to the first heist and like try to see all the missions. Cause there are, there's like nine, nine, yeah, nine missions. Um, and you only get to play through three of them per like run essentially. Um, so like that was super, super helpful uh, the the like going back was kind of neat because there were a couple of times where like I clicked on something and I was like oh wait eh, I, that probably isn't what I would do in this situation and like back up and look at the options and be like okay I'm gonna try something else like that was very convenient right that was very nice um it, it to me that's just like the same as like quick saving and playing something like you know Skyrim or whatever it's like ah oh, I fucked up I attacked the dragon I shouldn't have done that let me just reload my quick save and go from there right you get very good at the sort of like quick save command keys if you play a Skyrim or a Fallout or something with a mouse and keyboard. Um, but, like, yeah, the interface was very intuitive, and, like, it, it's right down there at the bottom, and, again, it feels very much like a Kindle, right? Like, there's a there's a next button, there's a back button, there's a, a like, autoplay button, and then there's a skip. And I did not realize how powerful that skip button was until my, like, fourth playthrough of the game. And then I was like, oh, this just skips everything like literally if i've seen the, the the text box before it completely skips it and i think that's sort of the point of playing like a visual novel is like is kind of like 100 percenting it right it's trying to get to the parts of the story that you haven't already seen um because like yeah i don't want to do the tutorial mission over for the like 10th time i i just don't like i don't care how good it is i i want to get to the actual actionable action and things that i can change Mm -hmm. And that's where the numerous save files that this game gives you, because it is like quintessential visual novel to have like 10 pages of save options so that you can save at the start of any 
meaningful moment um, so that you can always skip back to exactly what it is you want to revisit. You know, I ended up with five full pages of saves, you know, one one page per route that I was going for, saving at the start of each mission so I can try things over and, and do things super easily. Um, you know, being able, made a separate one for when, when Farsight came in so I could play that the way that I wanted. Um, there's a lot of customization that you're able to grab because the game is trying to get you to experience as much of it as you want without having to get lost in grinding it out. It doesn't want you to have to see the same things over and over and over again. It wants you to get to the fun bit. And that's really helpful in a game like this that very much bases itself on numerous playthroughs. But but let's talk about that a little bit, Walter, because this game does have five different base playthroughs that you can pursue. Um, three, you know, four of which I should say are very much based on following an individual character that you can romance um, or have a casual hookup with, depending on your particular proclivity. Or both. Or both. Or both. For sure. Or both. Um, so. Uh, who did you find yourself gravitating to first and who ended up being your favorite? So I, I went with, uh, Dr. Mayhem first, right? And that was the one that I did the, the demo mission with. And I, I just think his plot line of like, yeah, I wanted to like cure a disease and, and make it free for everyone. And like my company decided to blacklist me instead by accusing me of like plagiarism is like, yeah, that fucking tracks. That's how fucking medical companies work nowadays. Like the 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 comment is like, "Oh, we're not in the business of curing people. We're in the business of treating people because that makes more money." Like our our medical this game is so fucking on the nose. And I don't mean in like a like obtuse like super obvious way. I mean like it's just reality, right? Like this is reality. People live Uber eating or Ubering or you know, all of these, like, Fiverr. Like, people live off this shit. Even, like, your favorite streamers, right? It's essentially a gig thing. Like, most people are not ninja, where they're signing a multi-million dollar deal with Twitch or Mix or whoever, and, like, doing all these sponsorship things. Like, most of these people that are streaming, that that's their career, like, have to stream 10 hours a day so that viewers will tip them enough money for them to pay their rent, Right? Or OnlyFans, or like any of these things, right? We are in this like super fucked up capitalistic system that just exploits and fucking takes advantage of everyone. And his story in particular was like from from the moment I sped date him when I played the demo to actually playing through him, his was the one that like hit the most home. Right? This is a normal guy that's just trying to help. That's just trying to help the world. And because that doesn't make enough money is like, yeah, you're a villain. You're a fucking villain because you're trying to cure cancer. Like how fucked up is that? That is so fucking dumb. Yeah. yeah but it, you're right. It's, it's real, right? This is, we, we have seen um, with the COVID pandemic and the way that, you know, certain you know, there was so much pushback on having vaccines be free. And now we're looking at a world in which they probably will not be free next time around because insurance companies think that they should be able to get their money back on it because that's what disease treatment is about. Um, and, and so much of this game does focus on those structural things, right? Farsight is another perfect example of that. She is a hero in that she works for an organization that tries to um, have her go out and, and protect ultimately business interests most of the time. And she tries to do good where she can, uh, certainly in the mission on the, the really big hat um, where she's helping a resistance movement. You know, that's something where she is trying to make a difference, though it's worth noting that that's like her one unsanctioned mission throughout the entire game. Um, but she is constantly like being stuck, like protecting merchandise from being stolen by some criminal who may or may not have needed it for their own bills to pay, you know? Um, she regularly talks about how hollow it all feels and how easily she feels misled by the systems that ultimately prop her up as a hero. And what do you do when being a hero doesn't involve you actually being heroic and the people you're protecting are ultimately just the bottom line of a capitalist class? 
um, it's very easy to empathize with Farsight. And, you know, I, I ended up really gravitating towards her the moment I had the opportunity to do it because, uh, one, I, I thought her kind of like split personality was like the, uh, her multi-personality disorder was really well done. Um, I thought it was a very interesting take on that kind of mental illness. And Penny Larceny does that as well a little bit with us as the disembodied voice in her head. Um, but also just like, this is someone who is desperately trying to do good at every turn. And she's done all the right things. She's done it the quote unquote right way. And it is inherently hollow and empty because the things that people are putting value in protecting are not the things that are worth protecting. They're the things that society has decided have value. And those are not the same thing. Far Farsight is by far my favorite character in the game. Like, just because I went with Dr. Mayhem first, like, Farsight is by far my favorite character and is political science degree, like, going for a poli-sci degree, Walter in, like, 2011 and 2012, who it wants to do that, right? Like, wants to go into politics because he believes in government being a tool to help people and being told by his parents, like, you're not a big enough asshole to go into politics, which, like, fair enough, right? Like, absolutely fair enough. But then interacts with that 2012 election cycle directly, right? Works on a campaign, like interns on a campaign, meets, you know, a candidate, believes in a candidate, and then has a moment where I'm in the campaign office. There are constituents sitting there waiting to speak to this person. And three men in suits carrying briefcases come walking up to the receptionist and say, we're here to see the, the future congressperson. And the receptionist says, oh, yeah, go right on in. And that moment is the moment I decide to drop out of college because I no longer want to go into politics. Because if this is someone who I genuinely like believe in, I believe in their policies, they've shown me to be a super good person that like cares and wants to do good. And the second three dudes come from the fucking banking sector or wherever they came from, three lobbyists come in and decide they want to sit down and talk with the dude. I have no idea where they came from. They could have came from, you know... Uh, the happy-go-lucky, don't-burn-the-ozone company, but it doesn't matter. It is that level of entitlement that the capitalist, you know, power class has that they just get to walk in front of these constituents that have been waiting an hour? Fuck that shit. And for four years, until Bernie Sanders happens in 2016, I am out on politics completely. And I am jaded and I am blackpilled on that. Uh, so Farsight is, like, such a great character to me and definitely the one that I, like, attached myself to the most and saw myself in and was like, yes, please teach this person the reality of the world and give them the tools to try and fix things the way they want to fix things. Also, I fucked Hate 4000 first. <laughs> well, fantastic. Um, my secret, Walter, is that I fucked everyone um because if i'm given a romance option in a game i'm going to take it and i don't care whether you are uh the overmistress and you have a blood cult or if you are a computer that was designed to win the vietnam war only to recognize that you are incapable of winning the vietnam war uh if there is a button to romance you i'm going to do it um, I, I did that's, too that's by it. the way i did too. <laughs> it just feels like the right philosophy right for this kind of game they took the time to write it. It would just feel like a waste to just hit the no, let's be friends instead button. It's a, it's a missed opportunity, I feel like, to play the game that way. Now, now did uh, you start? Because I started the first, like, first go through, like, after the first mission, I fucked them, and mm -hmm. then I romanced them, so. Oh, I was all romance all the way. Uh, uh, much like in my real life, I, I'm not... <laughs> really a casual hookup person i'm just give me give me the chance to build something there and we'll see where it goes which to be fair does involve casual hookups uh depending on your pick right the overmistress and her uh blood sex cult i don't think holds back uh particularly early on if you decide to go romance instead um though the game does do some very fun goofs about like whenever nudity would be in play just having your character go slightly off screen um, which is a really fun gag. Um, I will ask uh, before we get into, um, I guess, like specific 
moments that stood out to you. How, how did you feel about the fourth wall breaking of this game? Because uh, especially with the overmistress, I found this to be a lot more like pure text than necessarily I was expecting when I initially ran into the game, uh, especially in the uh, kind of like a crypto mission that you could only do for the third one. Um, where you run into the former protagonist spirit from Arcade Spirits. Um, how did that impact your ability to interact with this game? Um, I think like I think the fact I saved the Overmistress for last, so I I didn't have like I although I did do the crypto thing. I believe I did it my second run with Hate Four Thousand. So like I had some. I have no idea where that character came from. By the way, I just was like, oh, okay, cool, <laughs> cool character. Um, it, but it's like, uh, the first game this developer made. Yeah, fair. I I see that in the like bundle on the Steam page of like, oh yeah, if you want all their other stuff. Um, it wasn't like super distracting. Um, I do like that they gave you as the player a, a character, right? They gave you a voice. I thought it was very kind of like strange that oh, Penny Larceny, like I I called her Je like her her the name when you fill out at the beginning for the customization. I gave her the name Just Kidding because like I'm not clever, and I was like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> but like I did it, the same one. Okay, see, we're the same mind. But to me, it felt weird to customize her, right? Like, I changed the skin tone, but, like, it felt weird not calling Penny Larceny she, her. It felt, to to me, to me, right? I didn't feel like I was customizing my own character. I felt like, no, I'm playing Penny Larceny, and this is who I think Penny Larceny is. I think that's a better way for me to say it than, than weird. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that's, like... But it didn't. I didn't feel like personalized, right? So it was kind of nice to have the the nameless voice being me, the player. That that was what the the punchline was for it. Is that nope, you are the player. Um, I will say that the first time with the overmistress, when the eyes happened, it did catch me off guard. Um, mm -hmm. It did jump scare me. I'm I am not ashamed to admit that I did get jump scared, mm -hmm. um, which like. Cool. Thanks, guys. I love jump scares. It's my favorite thing on the planet. Absolutely. Um, but, like, that was a cool little nuance to have in this, like, okay, it's a sex blood cult, right? Like, what else is supposed to be going on? Like, of course there's going to be the, the god that they're worshipping is going to exist. Like, of course that has to happen in this world. Uh, so it was nice to actually have some engagement with that and have, like, okay, how do you beat an otherworldly being? Oh, you have your own otherworldly being in your back pocket. Like, how do you beat, uh, uh, you know, Bakura? Oh, well, you go to y Yami Bakura. Oh, you go to Yami Yugi. That's how you do it. Like, you, you go to your alternate self and boom, bada bing, bada boom. You're on the same playing field. So that was, like, that ended up being fun. That ended up being a good payoff. Um, but it was a little weird until that happened, until I understood that I was, that the voice in her head was supposed to be me, the player. Mm -hmm. I do think it's probably good that you ran into Overmistress last, because she was my first run, um, because I asked friend of the pod, Shay Dreis, which one I should pick. And you're going to be unsurprised to hear that Shay went with the Overmistress, given uh, his uh, artistic inclinations. Um, but... So, so I was very much like, man, I hope that not all the paths are like this. And it did. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not. Um, there's plenty of, of diversity in, in how it presents things and how it handles you as a player character. I, I actually think the backstory they kind of give you with the Farsight storyline is, is really interesting. You know, the idea of you being this passenger of sorts um, works really well. I do think the Arcade Spirits mission is... A little bit self-indulgent, but on the other hand, I really liked Arcade Spirits. It's a game that I've now re-downloaded because I never quite finished it because uh, I was playing with a friend at the time and then we got busy. Um, and I would like to actually go and finish it now. So um, it did its job. Uh, it was a fun little like, oh yeah, I remember that thing happening. Um, and, and it has enough kind of colorful character that uh, it sounds like you were able to appreciate it, even if you did not know exactly what it was referencing. Um, before we get into kind of the the end of this narrative and how it all ties together, I, I'm curious if there's 
any individual mission that really stood out to you? I, I mentioned the big hat one earlier because anytime you get to take out a megalomaniacal dictator, you have to do it as far as I'm concerned. But did you have a favorite along the way? I mean, I, I want to say all of them because I genuinely loved all the missions. I thought they were great. I thought all of them touched on a different aspect of this like capitalist power culture that exists. Um, but if but if you really, really break it down to me, um, it, it's one with the cats, bro. It's going it's <laughs> to end up being the one with the cats and that you can turn the, the definitely not Amazon droids into um, communists. Playing the Soviet mm-hmm. National Anthem. That was fucking phenomenal. Uh, I, I, mm-hmm. I really genuinely loved that mission. Um, and I loved the outcome. I, I didn't like the outcome because it's like bullshit. Like, fuck animal testing, man. But like, right. it was, it definitely was like one that hit close to home. It's another one of the Farsight missions. So it, it's kind of this, you know, breaking of her innocence that these corporations that she's supposed to work with and be protecting that have hired her are like evil um, I think any of the interactions, honestly, with Farsight, where it is this, like, innocence breaking, um, in particular, like, the fact that um, Captain Infinity, like, is a Nazi. <laughs> like, he, he's there doing the fucking Nazi salute, and you find paperwork that proves that. Uh, I, I also will say I want to shout out the bank mission. Um I think this and also the next game that that we're going to talk about, because spoiler alert, we are going to play a couple of the same games here for the next couple of weeks. Um, I think they do an extremely good job at being diverse, right? And showing diversity and the problems that it, it, that it has and, uh, and how like we can help and how normal people, right. Are, are supposed to help. Um, and I think that's that mission in particular, like I, that felt like the most involved mission. Um, if I, if like going to like a pure gameplay standpoint, which like this game is not very in, involved when it comes to gameplay. Like we said earlier, like you can't fail the mission, right? You just like might not complete it perfectly. Um, but like that mission seemed very, very involved and definitely was like a, what would I do in this situation? Um, and I think really shows off the Penny Larceny and Farsight dynamic incredibly well, um, which then kind of like leads you to the end because ultimately like Farsight is probably the most important character in this game. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's interesting, right? Because first I, I just want to build off of uh, what you were saying about that bank mission because I think it was a great reminder that you know, this game sees villainy not as an evil versus good, but as a accepted by society and those left out of society. You know, Dr. Mayhem is a villain not because he is a bad person trying to do bad things, but because he is trying to do things in a way that society does not approve of. Um, you know, you could argue with someone like a Hate 4000 that they're built to hate, but mostly the hatred comes from being left behind, from being told that there's no place for you because you were given an impossible job and weren't able to complete the impossible. Um, And I I think that this game does a really good job of centering in on this idea that villainy is something that can be noble and, and what society sees as heroic can sometimes be the opposite. And being able to bend on that to meet what is right versus what society says is just i think is a really strong point that it keeps hitting on throughout um as for farsight i i agree with you i I think that farsight serves as a really strong emotional core to the game her character is the one that has the most in common with penny larceny in terms of both origin and like how they're being manipulated by the same core villain that serves as this kind of uh shadowy secret organization that is uh trying to manipulate these things and you know captain infinity's role in that certainly um you know you get a lot of lore uh involved there farsight's also the only character to like go to penny's place and be like maybe you shouldn't live in this rundown trash heap with a bunch of mold and no running water and all these other things that just no one should have to live in right like maybe i can use my resources to get you in a better spot 
um, without us, you know, with, because that's the right thing to do, right? You know, Farsight has that um, immediate understanding of just like wanting to help people and knowing that the things that she's being told or helping are not actually making the difference that she wants um, and how she, you know, works with Penny accordingly to build a better future um, certainly felt the most right out of all the storylines. And when you got to like the, the, the Gigaverse ending, um, which is kind of putting everything together from all five of the previous playthroughs, um, that was the one that I chose to focus on because it was the one that felt most right given my relationship with Penny and how I viewed the story. Now, I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say that the weakest route for you may have been the weakest route for me as well, which was the uh, Penny arc where you do one per uh, supervillain. Um, how, how did that one hold up for you? Because it felt like it was predicated on a twist that was absolutely not a twist in the slightest. You, you mean that the, the king in yellow being her father was the most obvious fucking thing on the planet? What? You mean the, the character that's been pulling the strings and all these different uh, storylines may have a reason to be connected to her? Weird. What it, are it, the odds? It, it, was, it, it is the biggest weakness of this game. It is dumb. It is fucking dumb. It is hack. It is hack writing, in my opinion. This is the, the most like obvious fucking trope in superhero like origin story shit. Um, I, I'm sorry, like, I don't want to be mean to the developers or the writers or anything. Like, I get it. You gotta, you gotta wrap it all together in a nice little bow. And I understand it's easy to be like, oh yeah, there's like one person that's running everything, but like, fuck off. Come on, dude. It's, it's lazy. It's hacky. Like it's, I liked the, her going to the villains, like the super villains and like convincing them to help her. But it also was just like, it, it, there wasn't depth to it. It was just like, go talk to them and like, say the right thing, promise them the right thing. And they'll join with you. Like, I just, I feel like you could have added a couple more hours to the game to make that part of it feel deeper. Right. And get, and get more of a connection with the super villains and actually have the payoff be like, Hey, um, you know, what's like better than being one person in power, being a team of four or five in power, because you all bring different things to the table. Um, the like fucking poison, the, the shit was like cleverly done by having the, the assistant, like give her the, the, the key to it and then figure it out. But like, Bro, I've seen that shit so many times. That's in Star Wars, for Christ's sakes. That's the reason Boba Fett can't go back to Ma the planet Mandalore. Like, I... It was such an eye roll. It was such a fucking eye roll that I'm glad there's, like, the secret ending to, to take that taste out of my mouth because that was the last one of the five core that I did. And, man, if that had been how I ended my, my time with this game, I would have been very disappointed. That was That was bad. Yeah, it, it's certainly the weakest. I, I think there are some things that are are good. Like I like the 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 twist that, um, despite our main character protestations, um, that like all of these uh, different like female assistants in all these different locations were the same person. That they actually are all different people, just all kind of made as as clones to fulfill the man in yellow's thing. Like that's a nice little joke, right? They're not just. You know, it would have been easy to be like, oh, they changed their outfit. It's the same person the whole time and be like, what? But no, they're actually different. It's a nice little subversion of expectations. But I mean, ultimately, this is the like, it's the problem of like a game in which theoretically you could have the man in yellow as the first ending that you run across, right? Is that because you're trying to build a game in which um, players can pursue missions in any way that they want, you theoretically have to make it so that every ending stands on its own without playing into the, the full Gigaverse side of it because you never know what the last one would be. But I would be shocked. Um, and just looking through the stats, I, I, I think the stats back this up. I imagine for most people, the Penny one was the last one, because if you've played a visual novel before, 
you know that you are incentivized to stick to the same character, right? Either because you're romancing them or because you want to see everything that character has to offer. And Farsight is very clearly teased in different ways. And you can accidentally end up in the Farsight ending. Like when I did the Dr. Mayhem one, I just happened to pick three missions that Farsight was a part of. So I, I had the ability to branch off naturally there. Um, so it, it's, it, it is an unfortunate remnant of the game design, but Honestly, I feel like the better option was just right there, right? Just make it Captain Infinity instead. The, you know, you have to some come up with a way to defeat someone who can control time the same way that you can and can can control reality by changing things back. Um, and maybe it would have been a little bit meta because it probably would have required more passenger shenanigans in order to do things that he couldn't predict. But like, I feel like that would be stronger than the uh, dad is not actually dead that we got. Um, Here, but, here's how you fix it. Here's how you fix it. You make the tutorial the penny arc. You make the tutorial longer. You make the entire. You make an entire first chapter that is the penny arc that she ends up with the man in yellow, right? And you then do the relationship thing where you go all three with you know one super villain, and then like that's how you try to beat it. Oh, and that doesn't work. Okay, so you do another playthrough. Ah, oh, the individual, ah, it doesn't beat it, right? Hate 4000 doesn't beat it. So you go all through all three and you're like, oh shit, how do I do it? And then you get that message that's like, Farsight's the key, right? And then you do the Farsight one, but it's just Farsight, right? And then, oh, Farsight wasn't enough to beat the man in yellow that you already know is your dad. Like, you should know that he's your dad after you finish the tutorial, right? It's that obvious. And then the secret ending is the ending that is you need all four of them to beat him, right? That's how they should have how they should have done it. Um, and like I'll be honest, I really just wanted to fucking kill him. I wanted to <laughs> let her fucking kill him because I because yeah. that's how frustrated with the story and the game I was. I was like, yeah, fuck it, kill him. I didn't because I know that's not what Penny actually would have wanted and she would have then just turned into a different version of him. So I imprisoned him. You know, Fate Worse Than Death is uh, you have to watch me rip down everything you built and, and everything. Yada, 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 right? Like, but they could have made it work, but it was so fucking obvious. It should have been the first thing. It should have been railroaded in. This is the first path you go through. And maybe that would have turned some people off because that's not, you know, how, how it would normally work. But then we could get the, the that out of the way. And then the, the endings could have been more, well, because you didn't defeat the man in yellow, that's when Hate 4000 finally gets access to the nukes and blows everything up. Or because you don't stop him, that's when the overmistress is called. You know, all of these things. Like, you could have still had those endings, but been more of, because you didn't stop the man in yellow, he was then able to allow, or to push the, the end of the world via the overmistress or whoever. Like, it just, I, I, I'm not going to pull punches. Like, the rest of the game is incredible. That arc, and it's no nothing against Penny, it's the payoff fucking sucks. Yeah, it, it, you know, I think a weak point always stands out more when it's surrounded by such strength, right? Like, it, it's, I, I may be a little bit kinder to it than you in that I don't think it's bad. I just think it's generic and therefore a lot less interesting. Than That's what game. makes it bad. That's well, why but, it's bad. Well, and, and it, is, it is especially bad in the context of how many good stories are elsewhere, right? Yes. I don't think it's a particularly bad version of the generic story, but there was no need to be generic when everything else about the game is so interesting and vibrant and thought-provoking. And, you know, I, I think, as you said, I'm very glad that the Gigaverse ending exists so that that isn't the closing note that we end on. Uh, how did you feel about the final secret ending? I mean... I'm tired of multiverse shit. <laughs> like, I, I, I did like it. I liked the kind of message and, and the unification of everyone. Um, but, like, I'm just tired of multiverse stuff. I just am. So, yeah, it was fine. It, it, was, it was better than The King in Yellow. I still don't think... I, I still, you know, think Farsight was by far the strongest... Uh, storyline and and then i even think that the other individual storylines maybe not the overmistress i wasn't like the biggest fan of the overmistress's storyline but i think hate 4000s and i think uh dr mayhem's were stronger than even the multiverse ending yeah i mean i think the multiverse ending did what it needed to do right like it, it put a nice bow on things it made 
it gave a sense of completion to a game that was very clearly playing with these parallel paths and wanted to dissect the very concept of a visual novel, right? A visual novel can take you in all these different directions. But if none of them give you exactly what you want, what is the thing that ties them all together? I, I feel like it, you know, as far as multiverse stories go, I, I think that was the right way to approach it. Um, but I, I do understand where you're coming from, that, like, when you have the peak that is Farsight, everything else feels a step back, because it feels like that's the one that gives you uh, the most of, at least playing off of the core themes, right? It resonates the most with you. Um, but I guess that brings us to our close here, Walter, uh, which is, uh, did this game do enough to make you like it, and I guess, uh, given the thesis statement you opened with, uh, did it open your mind to more visual novel shenanigans? I think, I'm going to say yes, I recommend this game. I, I'm, I'm going to just start there. I absolutely recommend this game. I stand by what I said during the demo episode. Like, this is fun, right? The setting, the characters, the plot, all of it is fun it's cool, it's kooky, it's weird, it's interesting. There is very deep, you know, socio and economic analysis of what our society is currently, right? We didn't even talk about, like, Clout, the uh, mm -hmm. the streamer superhero with the drone that follows him. Like, he's funny, and I kind of wish there was, like, a little bit more with him. Like, maybe I wish there was, like, a Clout ending um, that might have been interesting. There are all these other, you know, these, these couple of other reoccurring, uh, you know, villains or, or uh, heroes that are brought up that you do interact with, particularly with the mall uh, mission. Um, yeah, I recommend it, right? Does this now turn Walter Fedchuk into a visual novel guy? Eh, I think if it's the right visual novel... I think if it's the right setting, I think the fact that this one, I was 100% willing to go back and play through it is because I played an hour plus of a demo and I was like, oh yeah, this would be like, cool. Like I like this character. I want to see where this story goes. Like that definitely helped. And maybe that's a, hey, you know, look for visual novels that have demos to see if you could try them for, you know, an hour and see if you like them. Um, but I wouldn't say this is like, Walt, I, I'm now going to be playing visual novels for the rest of my life and fuck Baldur's Gate. Like that's, it didn't do that because I think there is enough of the, like what I expect from a visual novel and the lack of gameplay that I still go, okay, well, is a visual novel actually a video game, right? It, it To me, it's the, the, our fighting games esports argument, right? Our, our FGCs, our, the FGC, is that esports? Yes or no? And you can argue both ways, right? You can argue either or. Well, yeah, they're an esport because it's a video game and it's being portrayed professionally like a sport. Or you go, well, it's this entire other subset of things. And I think that's more where I'm leaning towards is I think this is more of a subset of digital media, right? It shouldn't be called a video game. It shouldn't be classified on steam as a as a video game it should be its own genre that is just visual novels and i guess the argument against that is like well some visual novels actually do have like quite a bit of gameplay and are more in line with uh, a point and click adventure game like monkey island than they are you know a kindle book and then what do you do with something like firewatch where like yeah there is some gameplay but for the majority of it you're you're walking around and listening to people talk and it's more like a podcast or a, or a radio performance than it is an actual video game. Like it, it, it's when you start to get that, that nitpicky, you have to like try and divvy stuff out. So I would hundred percent suggest it. I think it's given me more of a, a pleasant taste of visual novels, but I wouldn't say that, Hey, get, get ready for Walter Fedchuk visual novel guy. <laughs> Well, that's very fair. And uh, for the record, I, I highly recommend this game as well. I, I think there's a lot of heart here. The stuff that's really good is really good. And, and I, I had a blast playing through it. This was one of those. I picked it up on day one. And by day four, I was done with it because I just kept playing it every time I got the opportunity to do it. And the quality of life features um, that make it easy to replay and 
and and handle those kind of multiverse elements do go a long way for me. You know, I think visual novels are like editing genre, right? Like you're going to play the ones that appeal the most to you and the ones that have the story that you find interesting, right? You know, I, I think that obviously I, I may be more inclined to look at those kinds of stories because I'm an English major and I like to read, but I also um, have a very low attention span nowadays. And so having something that has sound elements and visual elements is a great way for me to actually take in narrative and keep myself focused on it, um, which is why comic books have become a thing that I've read a lot of, right? Like, I, I, I think that those elements can really help elevate a story when done well, and I think there are a lot of stories that benefit from that kind of elevation. But you're going to want to read the things that stand out to you, right, that tell the kind of stories that you're interested in. And I think that genre is ultimately just the means by which you take that story in so um i i am glad that you had a good experience with this and that you now know that if you see the kind of story that draws to you and in the kind of character development and whatnot that you think would be interesting to explore that the medium will at the very least not be a uh, a a put off um from going out and experiencing that thing but I'd love to hear what those of you listening at home think. This has been a really interesting deep dive into uh, Penny Larceny Gig Economy Supervillain. So uh, please let us know your thoughts, um, whether you liked uh, both the game and this kind of format. You know, we're, we're experimenting with things. So I'd love to hear uh, what y'all uh, think about it. But Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? Yes, as always, you guys can find me on Twitter at C80s underscore LOL. Uh, you can also find me on Blue Sky, uh, C80s.bsky.social. Uh, no idea what I'm doing over there. I haven't posted anything yet as of recording. I'm sure I'll figure it out at some point. Uh, as always, you can follow the podcast at Rough Drafts Pod on Twitter. I'm sure we'll get it over on Blue Sky at some point. Um, and you can follow along with the podcasts on your favorite uh, podcast uh, medium of choice, either on the individual Steam Cleaners and Final Cut feeds or on the centralized Rough Drafts podcast feed. Fantastic. Uh, you can find me at Chase Wassner on Twitter. You can find, uh, uh, I, I would love to hear your thoughts on, on all the things. Uh, hopefully one day Walter will uh, see fit to take me with him on Blue Sky and I can be free of this uh, nightmare that is um, uh, X, I suppose, once and for all. Though it will never, ever, 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 ever feel right to call it that. Um, we will be back in uh, a couple weeks with a new game uh, that we've both played. We are keeping with this theme, um, and we'll see. Hopefully we don't catch any strays uh, along the way. But uh, until then, goodbye, Internet. <laughs>